It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined today with a special guest. You're going to have a lot of fun, I believe, on the, on the show listening in. It's talking about robotics and all the neat things of how technology has changed our world. Now, if you're a new listener, if you've been joining us for quite some time, you know that typically our shows cover a variety of topics, and, and we typically have a format where we may interview different C-level executives to entrepreneurs, doctors, holistic experts. We even had a neat interview with an internationally renowned artist talking about investing in art. So we're kind of all over the map, as well as from time to time, I will share thoughts and insight as uh, I own three different financial companies designed to help protect and grow wealth for higher net worth clients, as well as minimize taxation. And today we have a special guest with us. He is Dan Abate. He is owner of the Roboticon Corp. I think I'm saying that right, Dan. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, Dan, folks, if you haven't heard of him before and his company, uh, Roboticon Corp, uh, Roboticon.com is how you can uh, check him out, R-O-B-O-T-A-T-O-N.com. Uh, kind of a neat company. They're, they're in the idea of really simplifying things for the end user. He's uh, had the opportunity and the blessing of really sharing his thoughts in a variety of venues uh, from different universities. He just recently did a TED Talk a little while back. Uh, Boca Raton, I believe, and uh, some other things that he's been involved in, written up in a lot of different articles across the country, and really had a great success story. So I thought, you know, it's be neat to have him on as he is growing and doing what he's doing in his field and really seeing a lot of improvement come to a lot of companies out there. Many of you that are out there own businesses. A lot of our audience is typically a higher net worth audience that owns companies, that sort of thing. So this is really a show you're going to want to tune into because I think Dan's going to be able to bring a lot of good insight to how to simplify your bottom line and, and hopefully have a little bit more fun <laughs> while you're going through life. So, Dan, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of insight on kind of how you, I know you started out at a pretty young age here, but a little insight on how you got into the industry and, and, and what your industry really is and what you guys do. Sure, absolutely. So, um, my background is I'm a third-generation entrepreneur. My grandpa owned a manufacturing company. My dad owned a manufacturing company. I grew up in manufacturing because of that. Uh, but I also was a computer kid. You know, I was one of the kids that was taking apart a computer at 12 years old and figuring out how it all worked. Um, and then that kind of snowballed into an e-commerce career in the late 90s. Um, I was fortunate enough to sell a, a, a business that I had started in the late 90s when I was fairly young. Um, right before the dot-com crash, I wasn't smart. I was just lucky. Um, I got a little <laughs> bit of cash to get me going, and then I started basically applying the automation processes and techniques that I you know, kind of loved so much and have been so part of everything that I've done up to that point to a variety of businesses. I mean, my basic concept was acquire a company that I knew I could increase its value and create value by adding these specific automation processes and techniques to every part of the business. That's kind of the key to, you know, focus on not only production and distribution sides of things, but all the way into the back office and how they're, you know, processing everything. Um, it's all it's all one giant process and whatever you can do with technology to speed that up and automate it, that's what I would do. And that's how we'd create the value and, and, and then sell the company again. I did that eight times over 12 years, basically. 
Wow. So you're actually coming in and you're buying a company? Is that what I'm hearing you say? You streamline it, automate it, and then sell it? Exactly. I mean, that was the model. That was that's the or that is the model. I mean, I still do that. But then Roboticon was started about two and a half years ago, with the concept of scaling our our business model a little. You know, when you're acquiring a company and selling it again, there's always big lags during the buy process and the sell process. You know, actually, the automation part of it was actually the quickest part of the transaction. And so Roboticon was created as a way of, well, what happens if we are to apply the same methodology, but not do the buy-sell part and let the current ownership keep operating? And so let us come in with our expertise and our money to get these things up and running. And then as soon as they're up and running, then we step back and move on to the next one, which allows us to do a much greater volume quicker. That's interesting. And I know that you were I thought this was interesting. I was just reading some notes here. You appeared on the History Channel's Modern Marvels. I, I think that probably was pretty cool. Uh, and the Steve Harvey show and some other shows. What did you cover there on that show, just out of curiosity? Um, actually, that show was one of my other entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, it was a silly product that we created. Big Hot Dog. Uh, was a website, BigHotDog.com. We actually sold the world's largest commercially available hot dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of That's a funny awesome. thing. It actually had to do with selling a product online because we had a we actually the, how the automation ties into that is that we had developed a automation platform for one of the other company a marketing automation platform for one of the other companies that we had owned and when we sold the company we wanted to apply it to something else and so we were like well let's come up with some goofy product and apply it to that and that's what we did <laughs> and it happened to be thegoddog.com <laughs> <laughs> okay so and it looks I think you still hold the Guinness World Record for that right. It has not changed, so I'm still it. So you got yeah. someone out there's got to beat me. Bigger than seven pounds, sixteen inches long. That's the, that's the record. That's a lot of dog. You know, that's something. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know that they have those hot dog eating contests. Uh, they start bringing those in. I yep. think one per several people, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Wow. Yeah, they're not going to beat that one. <laughs> no, that's that's great. That's great. So so you're in a process where you guys have purchased companies and kind of automated them, if you will, and then sold them. Yep. So you're still kind of doing that. But you're what you're seeing also with Roboticon is the idea of being able to add value to already existing companies that maybe you're not in the market to buy or they don't want to sell that's and right. simplifying their brand. Is that, is that correct? That's exactly right. You know, because like our the, the thing that's been interesting is once we started doing that, it, it added a whole different perspective because mm. up to that point I had always you know when you're acquiring a company you have a hundred percent control and you could do whatever you want you don't have to like get anyone's approval you don't have to get anyone else to buy in or whatever I know what technology is capable of and I know how to deploy it and so once we started doing it with other people's companies now all of a sudden you have other people involved you have the current ownership you have management you have all these other people that have a stake in is this thing going to work or not? Or how's it going to work? Or how much time is it going to take me personally to, you know, not me, but, you know, the, the management to deal with this process of getting these things deployed. And so that's been an interesting, I don't want to say challenge, but something to, to work through on, on how to have those conversations with owners to make sure that they understand what's out there and what's available and what we need to do to get it into your company. And that it isn't as scary and daunting as, you know, a lot of times people think. I mean, it's like I'm for most people, what I do is magic. They have no concept of it. And frankly, I don't think they should have a concept of it because that's how and why people like me exist. Just like, I don't know how those, I don't know how that big hot dog was made. (laughs) 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 Exactly. Exactly. What do you think? uh, You know, obviously um, I, I looking at some other things previous and, 
you know, it, when we think of automation, immediately what comes to my mind is the old Jetsons, you know, and you got the, the robots running around and taking care of everything for you and all that. Just yep. just on a simple format, I guess, why, you know, the question is, is why hasn't every company really started looking at this? And maybe it's a fear of cost or the unknown. I, I don't know. Yep. But why hasn't more companies looked at doing this or maybe more have than we know of, really? I don't know. It's a little of both. There's more that have than you know of. But a lot of it is is it's two things. It's fear of cost and fear mm-hmm. of time commitment. A lot of mm-hmm. times the people that we deal with, our whole business model is built around Hey, let us build it. So it's not going to cost you anything. We'll get we'll, we'll figure it out ahead of time. We'll build it. We'll pay for it. We'll get it installed and then we'll take money out of the savings that we know we're going to create. Like we're really confident in what we're doing. So mm. that takes the money part of it off the table. And then like I said, 9 times out of 10, the the next hurdle to overcome is that fear of disruption. Um, you know, how are we going to get this thing done? So it really is that's the reason that they don't do it is is because of that just not knowing what's available and not knowing what that process is going to look like to get it in there. And it's never, 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 never as painful as people imagine it to be. In fact, it's not, most of the time, it's not painful at all. It's actually quite straightforward. Mm. Um, but because they don't have the experience, because you've been running your business the same way for 30 years, mm-hmm. um, and you're so used to buying software out of a box, that's kind of the hard mental leap that a lot of times people have to make. And I always tell people, it's like, if you could do what I do you know, by buying software out of a box, then I would say, go for it. Great. You know, that would make life so much easier. But the fact is, is your business is unique. That's why you're successful because your business does something different than everybody else. So we have to create systems that complement that, not give you something that's in a box that now you have to try to sandwich yourself into and only does about 80% or at best of what you need it to do. Um, Because if you, it's that last, you know, 90 plus percent of creating a system for your software process or for your process that allows you to actually create the automation where everything is talking to each other and everything is event driven, meaning that, you know, when uh, an order comes in at the front end, the inventory system sees that order come in and already can prepare and check its current inventory and issue POs out to the vendor if needed all in one Mm. shot. So that's all happening in real time. And there isn't these lags and there aren't these bottlenecks that form because of dispersion, you know, systems. I think that's amazing. You know, Dan, one of the things that I really like there out of a couple of things you mentioned there, I think it's neat that you guys are willing to step in if I'm hearing you right and basically say, listen, we're so confident in our process that we're going to build this out for you. You're essentially not going to have to pay anything for it. And we're so confident in it that we will pay ourselves back from the savings that you're going to realize over the course of time. And that's, is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? That's huge. That's, you, that, you summarized it very well. That's exactly how it works. Yep. So at okay. the end of the day, you know, and that actually does something too. That makes our customer, our client know that, you know, we're not just developing technology for technology's sake. If we were just a developer and we got paid just because we were doing something for you, then there's mm-hmm. no motivation for us to, only apply to things that are important. So in our case, mm. because of the way our model works, we want to see that positive ROI, we, or we need to see that positive ROI, or we don't get involved. If somebody comes to us and says, hey, I want you to do something, and we're just not seeing the value, um, then it's not the right deal for us. You know, and then it, you know, they're probably mm. off, just better off hiring a one-off developer type group or something. Yeah, and that's it's really the right way to go, because now you're in a place where you're saying, listen, and the company knows as well that if you guys step in, after you do your, your analysis, step in and kind of co-join to some degree, you know that it's going to be a win-win one to the other. 
And uh, that's really, really neat. Folks, we have just a little bit of uh, time left here in the first segment, but I want to share with you a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about the ideal businesses that this automation might be for. Dan's going to share with us about that, as well as how to really get massive growth out of your businesses, because that's the whole goal of automation is to really see growth, streamline, and you allowing simplification in what you do. At any point in time, if you've missed the first part of the show or you want to catch other shows, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com and then just click on the Wealth and Health Show. But Dan, I want to save this for the next segment because I think it's going to be a little bit of time, but I want to talk about what some ideal businesses are that can really benefit from this newer technology and how they can implement it simply in their business. So hang around. We'll be right back right after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351-866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. And we're joined again with Dan... Abate, as I'm saying, I can't make sure I'm saying that right, Dan. It's just an interesting name. I like it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're talking to him. He is the owner of uh, Roboticon Corp., which is a company that really does a lot of automation for different brands and companies throughout the country and, and, and probably has done some work even in different places in the world. And, and one of the things that he focuses on is successful businesses acquisition turnaround strategies for companies doing the same automation that's allowed his ventures to become so successful with current companies. So let's say you're out there and you own a company and you're saying, I'm looking for ways to streamline what we do. You know, I know, Dan, you mentioned to me kind of off the beaten path, if you will, a little bit. I think your companies that are kind of ideal, and you correct me if I'm wrong, are typically in the place where they're about $10 million in revenue and up. And typically the ceiling is around three to $400 million in revenue. That's when they start to get kind of higher end as far as you know, being a place where it may or may not make the most sense. and Tell us a little bit about what are the type of companies specifically that could benefit uh, from what you're doing, and then I'm going to have Dan walk us through a little bit what that process looks like. Sure, sure. So like, yeah, and I mean, in terms of benefit, basically if, if, if a company hasn't gone through this type of evaluation or process, they can probably benefit from it at some level, for sure. The ones that we usually try to stay away from are, you know, highly regulated industries. Um, a lot of times the highly regulated industries have very top-down dictated processes, either because of, you know, government regulations or whatever. So they have to follow a strict set of rules. So a lot of times there's actually really good software packages that are created around all those rules and are constantly maintained to abide by those rules as, to, as they change. And so we stay away from those. We really like to focus on those companies that are rapidly growing because a lot of times what ends up happening is people build these, you know, processes when they're small and then they don't update them ever and then all of a sudden before they know it they're doing 50 million dollars in re revenue and still running their processes on excel spreadsheets those are like our, <laughs> our prime target and in terms of industries it doesn't matter i mean the industries that are everybody has a process involved with what they're doing if their end product 
happens to be data driven, like if they're producing you know, big giant reports that they're gathering all sorts of data and then manipulating the data and doing all these things to it and then producing some sort of big report at the end. In that case, their direct labor component is automatable, which of course, you know, whenever you talk to a manufacturing guy, the more that they can automate their direct labor, that's just profit really quick to the bottom line. So those are always uh, ideal targets as well. But of course, again, it doesn't really make any difference if your direct labor is not automatable. There's plenty of stuff within your, you know, operational perspective that where data is getting moved around that we want to automate it and manage and control the workflow. At the end of the day, I always tell people that their business should run like McDonald's. You know, if you have an employee, they should look up to the machine on the ceiling and t- listen to what it's asking for and get it its information or do whatever task it is and then look for the next task. So that way, then the, the machine, the workflow is very deliberate and it's not people remembering or coming up and making up you know, their own things as they go along. And I would think that would be huge, uh, Dan, from the perspective of really reducing the margin of error in the company and the output and all that. Is it, would you agree with that? Yep, absolutely. In fact, you know, margin, the two major reasons that people call us is because they've either grown to a point that they realize that every time they grow, they just add more costs, but they never make any more money. Like the revenue goes up, but then their expenses go up concurrently because they're not efficient. And so they have to add a person or or stuff every time they move up. And so a lot of times we solve those problems by, you know, automation basically gives you a theoretically, you know, infinite capacity or, or, or as close to infinite as you can get. So that's one reason that they always call us. And then the other one is that they're making a lot of mistakes, like that they've realized that they've grown to the point that their internal processes are just kind of deteriorating. And the errors that they're creating are costing the company so much money that they can't move forward anymore. And so by creating these systems that not only automate, but then control workflow for the people that are still involved, there's a huge, very easy to calculate ROI related to that. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And folks, by the way, at any point in time, if you have a question for, for Dan or you just want to kind of reach out, send us a tweet at lean, at lean on the wall is our Twitter handle, at lean on the wall. Keep in mind that this show will then, uh, a little bit later after airing here, will be on a podcast. So you can go to iTunes and download it as well for, for later listening, or you can just go to leanonthewall.com, click on the Wealth and Health Show and get all that information. But Dan, do us a favor, and just for our listeners out there, because obviously a little bit later in the show, we want to talk about how to get really massive growth from your business. Folks, we're going to talk about some case studies where Dan has actually walked companies through this process simply. Remember, they're in a situation where what they do is they come in and they'll absorb all the costs because they're so confident in their process and then basically give it to you to implement. And then from the savings that are created, that's how they get paid, which is kind of a neat, neat strategy. But Dan, walk us through the process from kind of step one to out the door, and maybe you can do it in a way of a case study or just a, a new you know, thought of how this actually works. What should somebody expect? You know, they're there, they're thinking of automation, they think of robots on the factory floor. Obviously, you mentioned it's not just that, it's, it's the idea of business processes and structures internally as well and simplifying that. But what does it look like for somebody to kind of step in and, and meet with a Dan or someone on your staff and go from kind of step A to step Z? Sure, sure. Well, the first, the very first thing that ends up happening is, I mean, obviously we're very process driven within our own business, so we have a very clear process that we execute on in all of this. And it usually just starts with us kind of going through our own checklist with the potential client. Really, what we're looking for is is to identify 
the bottlenecks to growth in the business, right? Or the bottlenecks that are causing the inefficiencies that are costing money are these things. So those are the things that we want the client to be able to articulate to us fairly quickly, which is probably the reason they called us in the first place. And so once we can kind of identify those, then we, we kind of work backwards from those as kind of our target you know, if we solve nothing else in the process, we're going to solve these few things. And then we kind of work around that and then expand our vision for how far we want to take this thing. And now sometimes the automation and the systems that we build don't need to expand too much further than just wherever that bottleneck happens to be. But more times than not, in order to make the system actually work, we have to expand off into a, you know other parts of the business because that's where the problems are starting or that's where the data is being created from. And so we have to make sure that all that stuff is hooked together. So kind of getting that vision, you know, we're just finishing up an estimate for a company down here that, you know, we're going on our third half day meeting with them where we've met with all the different departments. And so depending on how big the company is, sometimes it takes, you know, multiple meetings with multiple people and other times within, you know, a couple hours with, you know, the couple main managers walking you through the place, you can kind of get a pretty good feel to what a deal might look like. And do you find that, you know, is it something where you can pretty quickly from a phone call initially or, you know, just some information filled out initially as far as business process, you can kind of get a little bit of a feel of whether or not this is going to be the right fit or do you need you need to deep, dive a little deeper? No, yeah, usually from the first phone call before we schedule the first official meeting. And by the way, we don't have to be in person to any of these quote-unquote official meetings. We can do those over the phone or via go-to-meeting or whatever. So mm-hmm. we I mean, we work, like you said, internationally. I mean, we've done projects in, a, in not only the United States, but Canada and Mexico anyway. So I guess technically we're international. <laughs> but yeah, so we can <laughs> – it's hard to say. Everybody travels so much now. It's like yeah. you know, all, one <laughs> exactly. big world, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, so yeah, so that's what, you know, we, you know, it can just be a phone call. That, but at that first phone call, we usually have a pretty good idea if this is going to be a good fit or not just by the first batch of questions that we ask. And, you know, we spend enough time asking the right questions so that we don't waste, you know, our time or waste that person's time. Sometimes we'll just recommend them to other developers and say, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, this group can probably just crank out for you and maybe is a better fit. Yeah. Okay. So tell me this, and then we're going to get into, like I said, case studies a little bit later and some some things about how can massively grow businesses. But what has, you know, just in your perspective, you've been in the game now for quite some time and, and really had a lot of great success stories. How has automation from your perspective really changed over the years? So, you know, the word automation is changing or has changed and continues to change and evolve because automation over the years has meant in the past, the you know, the robots that worked on the assembly line in, at car manufacturers, right, or in manufacturing in general. I mean, that was really the extent of what people considered automation, you know, until pretty recently, actually. You know, the fact that, you know, we were able to build systems that hook up all of these bits of data and workflow into one thing, you know, like I said, I've been doing that for the last, you know, 15 years or whatever it's been since the late 90s. But that's a relatively, and it continues to be a relatively new approach because the software industry in general is focused, like I said, on selling something out of a box. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's basically spend a whole ton of money, build something that has enough 
that serves a specific niche but has enough variety within that niche that they can sell it a million times. Like that's the business model. So yeah, it's very general. That, that's very why general. Exactly. It, it's stay general so you can sell as many of copies as possible. And so our approach mm-hmm. is kind of the opposite of that, which is like, hey, we want to meet 100% of the needs. And so that's how it becomes truly automated because you don't have to have people in between to fill the gaps that the software guys couldn't figure out in the general version, in the out-of-the-box version. So that's how automation is becoming more and more tightly integrated into our businesses and our lives and just kind of the way things work because, you know, there is that specificity that can be created and really allows, you know, things to happen kind of just on their own once the, once the process is built. And that's really what we want because that keeps your costs down and, and makes your life easier. Well, and, you know, a lot of that general software that, that you can buy, you know, in a simple term for somebody that maybe is just a simple, you know, and they're just buying even like uh, Microsoft or, you know, the Apple things. I mean, it's obviously much more complicated than that, the software systems. But, you know, it seems like they need updates because they're general. They have to update this, update that. New software comes out. What does it look like with you guys? It looks like we only have about a, a minute here left. But, I mean, is, is the relationship kind of start to finish with you guys i mean are you guys considering yourself a long-term partner yes absolutely like we'll build a system and if the company you know doesn't change their processes very much which apparently if they've been going for 30 years and they haven't done this yet then (laughs) maybe we'll get another 30 years out of it um Mm -hmm. we're there to support and make those changes when they come up and we actually kind of do a usually we'll do like an annual quote-unquote audit which really means nothing more than we're going to call up our contact there and make sure that they give us some time to walk around and make sure that the system still is meeting 100% of their needs and that they didn't do an acquisition or they didn't build a new product line or something that doesn't quite match up. And then, because when they do that, they'll have the tendency to tack something onto the side. And then before you know it, the whole thing's kind of unraveled, the, the whole business process is unraveling because they've added you know, now there's people doing things they shouldn't be doing. And so we, we kind of want to keep looking to make sure we keep tightening that up. We're kind of like the outsourced automation team, you know, like big companies have in, in-house people that are always looking at that. And, and we're always looking at it from the outside to make sure that it, you know, it stays fully automated. Well, uh, Dan, we got to we got to cut to a commercial break here, but we're going to come back, folks, and we're going to talk about, again, how to get massive growth from your business. Hopefully, when you're listening to this, you own a business and you're in a situation where you're saying, how can I go to the next level and not be in a place, as Dan mentioned earlier, where every time you grow, you got to add costs and you really don't see actually the bottom line go up. So we're going to help you simplify that with Dan's process and strategy. He's going to share that a little bit more later and some success stories as well. So hang around. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com 
To learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And we're having a great show today, and we're, we're interviewing Dan Abate. He is the owner of uh, Robotaton Corp. And great story about automation. You know, we've all seen back in the day, and I mentioned earlier, the show Jetsons probably, or we've seen other things. We've seen the robots on the factory lines and all the different software that's come out for businesses and helping them improve technology. But, you know, what we found and what we've discussed earlier is the fact that a lot of this software and a lot of technology a lot of times can be generalized. It's cookie cutter. It's the set it and forget it mindset. And one of the things that's kind of neat about Dan's process and their company is they're much more specific. It's almost like, you know, if you've ever been out there and you're shopping for clothes and you go to the store and when you go into that store, you go to a general clothing store or you go to a store that has tailored clothes. If you've ever worn something that's tailored just for you, you know it fits better. It just feels better. It wears better. And uh, so that's kind of what Dan's company does is really tailors a process specific to your situation. Again, he was... Uh, just on one of the TED Talks for Boca Raton, he's been on um, Modern Marvels in uh, uh, the show, if you've seen that before, on the History Channel, I believe. Is that correct, correct, Dan? That's right, yep. Yep, so kind of a neat neat show. If you want to kind of go back through the archives, check that out. And We're talking about automation. By the way, if you've missed the first two segments, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com, just like you're leaning on a wall. Leanonthewall.com, click on the Wealth and Health Show, obviously. If you initially look at Lean on the Wall, there's information about us there as well, our financial companies and all that. But, Dan, tell us a little bit about um, really, you know, some we, we talked about last segment we were going to jump into. Let's jump right into that, the idea of some success stories that you've seen, uh, massive business growth. Let's start with maybe one or two stories that you've seen where you've kind of walked them through the process and you've seen some success. What does that look like uh, in, in your sure. perspective and what, what really happened? Sure, sure. So I'm going to give like the, one of my favorite examples of this because it's the most um, like crisp, basically. So hmm. um, we we acquired a company. This was about mid-level, you know, let's say 2005 or six, whatever it was. A, a video production company for um, the legal industry, so for lawyers. So they made all. So they had basically a uh, in-house kind of editing team, um, and then people that were scheduling guys to go around and video and shoot all this stuff all across the Chicagoland area. They were Chicagoland based. And this was a, a small company, you know, like a million dollars plus in revenue. So very small, actually smaller than our normal target market, which was actually probably why the results were so kind of extreme. But what was interesting about it was, is that they had no technology, basically. I mean, they, they, they had Excel spreadsheets and PDFs and all this you know, Word docs and all that sort of stuff, but they were kind of just utilizing all of that in a, so they thought that they had technology, right? So they had all of that stuff, but they were um, passing all that stuff around to each other in a way that might have might as well have just been paper. So, so what that it's on the computer, you're still manually moving stuff around. If a job or something gets changed, you're still manually updating it and then resending it out to people. Now multiply this times, you know, 40 guys out in the field and 10 people in the office, you know? And so it's obviously, it doesn't take a genius to realize that there's going to be a lot of errors <laughs> and there's going to be a yeah. lot of um, people doing a lot of repetitive work if all of that data was just synchronized. So 
the first thing we did, what I what I loved about this deal was we the first thing we did during our due diligence period, so we hadn't even bought the company yet, but during our due diligence period, we came in and did our normal evaluation for automation and building the system. And by the time we got through the due diligence period, we had a plan completely laid out. And by the time we had closed on it, we had the system built and ready to be implemented. It was super fast. We had the whole thing built in 60 days, okay? And so we closed, we implemented everything, and in the process of doing that, we consolidated an office which had 10 people in it down to one person in the office. Um, wow. Everybody else out in the field now had all their own, um, and this is 2005, 2006, so this is really early for all the people in the field are um, working on their smartphones uh, with, for mm. what they were at the time. Um, <laughs> they were accessing the system directly. The system was con- was keeping track of where everybody was. When The only reason we had one guy in the office is because our clients um, – wanted to fax, wanted to email, wanted to pull their, you know, basically give their orders um, in a variety of different formats that were completely unpredictable. So you had to have a person to sort through that and then get it into the standard formats the system recognized. But once the system had the, the, the job, it did everything else. Every week would call out to all of the video guys, get their schedules, their schedules get you know, they enter their schedules in directly into the system. The system knows when and who's available when. It pairs it up with the jobs that were coming in from the clients. When the guy goes out on the job, he's got barcodes on everything that any, you know, um, collateral that he's creating in the process, you know, tapes and various things that he's doing. He's got barcodes for all that stuff. So when it comes back to the office, the one guy checks it in with barcodes, click, click, click. Now the system knows all that stuff came back and everything checks out and makes perfect sense and generates an invoice at the end, which the guy, you know, prints out and sends, or we sent it via email either way. And we did that. So it was really cool because at the end of the day, we took something that was uh, which had a whole ton of overhead associated with that. I mean, we basically, we figured we saved 300, we figured we did, we saved $350,000 a year by wow. implementing this system. Um, and how, the, just out of curiosity, how long was the, how long was it start to finish to kind of, kind of get everything implemented and yeah, it was quick because well, for, for one, cause it was a relatively small company, but also because their processes were so antiquated to begin with, we could make huge improvements with very simple technological things that we could do. So like I said, mm-hmm. I think the build on that was only um, like 60 days or something like that. And, you know, like they have it built and ready mm-hmm. to go. And then to implement it was, I mean, like less than a week. We didn't, we, as soon as we closed, the first thing we did was start to roll this pro, roll this thing into the business. I mean, by the end yep. of the week, we were 100% up and running. It was very, very cool that it worked. In fact, that was one of the companies that I still own, actually, because we didn't. It just ran so easily and, and operated so easily that we. I was like, I'm not going to sell this. It's just. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have to do <laughs> it makes anything, sense. And, it, and it does. It does what it does. So. Um, yeah. 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 It's. It's. A, it was a big. It was a big success. And 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 honestly, everything we've done has always, from the automation perspective, always looked something like that. You know, you've taken something that was a, a challenge or that was costly to operate or a pain in the butt to operate, and all of a sudden it, you just eliminate all that friction and it just flows and, and, and your capacity is just, you know, great, you know, infinitely increased. So let me ask you this question. I know there's probably some listeners out there as they're hearing this story. And by the way, 
Uh, and anytime, folks, feel, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com uh, to listen to previous segments or send a question out to Dan or myself at Lean on the Wall. That's our Twitter handle, at Lean on the Wall. And I know, Dan, there's probably some listeners out there thinking to themselves, what does this mean, you know, for the people that have been displaced? So, you know, by the automation. So you bring these people in or you bring this automation in, you, you set it all up and then all of a sudden people get displaced and, you know, and all that. So yeah. what does that look like from that perspective? How is that taken? How is it received? Uh, what does that look like? Is that a hard road to that's kind of a, cross? Yeah, that's a good question. So so the first thing that I always say, because that question comes up a lot, because a lot of times we're talking to business owners that have been in business for 30 years and had people in the office for 20 of those years, you know? So what do I do with mm-hmm. these people if they're not sitting there typing on the keyboard, you know, or doing whatever right. or whatever thing we're taking away from them? You know, you, there's, a, there's a variety of options there. Either way, we're going to gain those hours back. And, and the, the business owner has a choice of what they want to do in terms of reallocating those hours. So a lot of times what people end up doing is redeploying those people to other more revenue-focused or growth-focused tasks. So, you know, at, mm-hmm. at, one, at the point where they're sitting there typing on the keyboard, they're just a $15 an hour task person that a computer can right. do for free, basically. So why, so why are you going to pay $15 for that? I'd rather pay $15 to get them into some sort of productive growth perspective type capacity. Um, and if, and honestly, if you can't do that, it's just, you got to make a choice at that point. You know, do you, do you want to pay somebody to do something that's inefficient or is it time for them to go find um, somewhere else to, to do that, you know, find another company that they, that are better suited for their skills? Well, and I think a lot of times, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think, you know, I mean, obviously in our industry doing what we do and, and, and just dealing with a lot of uh, folks who have either retired or they're selling a company and they're, you know, they're walking into us for us to help them manage their wealth and all that. I mean, I've seen a lot of different businesses. And one of the things that we know, and, and probably the industry out there, you know, the old story, if you're not growing, you're dying in business. And exactly. so from that right. perspective, I think, you know, having the ability to think about how do I redeploy these hours into something that's productive growth of the company, sharing the story yep. more, doing more for the company overall, you know, in my perspective is a huge win because now you're right. I mean, you're taking that $15 an hour position or whatever the amount is, depending on where you live in the country or the world. And you're saying, hey, let's focus that on to, you know, growth and, and growth in the business, sharing our story, et cetera. And now you, you have a multiplier on the, on that as far as income, revenue, exactly. et cetera, that, that can really be huge. Yep. Take them off the liability side and put them on the asset side. That's what you want to do. Yeah, that's huge. Well, that that's really neat. Um, let me ask you this. In, in relation to, we have just about a a minute or so left here in this segment, but real quick, Dan, can you share, is there a fear, you know, people have the fear of automation uh, going through and stepping through that process. It, what is the best way that you found to help people overcome that and, and kind of engaging you or, you know, some, in a company like yourself yeah. to kind of walk in that door? Is it a referral of here's somebody that's been through the process and here's a success story, or is it just uh, helping them understand and, and really yeah. answer well their concerns? Yeah, good question. So regardless if you're talking to me or you're talking to anybody else, you know, referrals are great. If somebody has references um, to people that they've worked with before that have gone through the process with them, that's a great way to kind of vet people and make sure that they are moving you in the right direction. And really understanding the process and, and asking the questions that make you feel like you understand what's going to happen next and that there is a process involved. Because if there's no process 
on the building of a process, <laughs> then obviously yeah, things right. can get messy. So the be- the yeah. more that you can plan out and the more that the people you're working with are ready to plan these things out, you know, the thing that's great about it is is that it's kind of like if you've ever built a house. I mean, I, I know I've, mm. I've, a lot of people have had, you know, very positive and very negative experiences building houses. But in my experience, the parts that were that always went smoothly was when things were well planned. We got to come here. We're uh, at the end of the sh- segment here, but we're going to come back. One last segment. Stick with us, folks. We're going to talk about that continued how to get massive growth out of your business. So hang around. We'll be back right after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show, and we're having a great show today uh, talking with Dan Abate. He is the owner of uh, Roboticon Corp., and uh, we're talking about automating your business, putting yourself in a place where you can simplify what you're doing, increase your ROI, get those people who are on the liability side, so to speak, of your company and turn them into assets and put them in a place where they're really generating revenue because you've now applied and implemented automation to help you get to where you need to go. And this isn't the uh, the old Jetsons automation. Sometimes it is robotics, but uh, sometimes it's things just as far as uh, in-house and in-office structure. We're going to talk about one more case study and one more success story that uh, Dan is going through right now. And if you've missed any of the first parts of the show, I'm going to encourage you to visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. It's just like you're leaning on a wall. Obviously, you'll go there and you'll learn a little bit about us. I obviously do this show. I have three different financial companies protecting and growing wealth for higher net worth clients. But the Wealth and Health Show tab will be there. Click on that. You'll be able to listen to links. You can go to iTunes after the show, download it as a podcast. And at any point in time, we'd love your feedback. Or if you have a question for Dan or a question for us, shoot that out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at LeanOnTheWall. You can reach us there or uh, you know, just kind of connect with us there as well. And Dan, I know you were talking about last segment a little bit about the idea of how when you go in and you evaluate a company, one of the benefits that helps them see what they're doing. And folks, by the way, I want to touch on this again. If you missed this, I love their process. They're going to come in. They're going to build this out and see what they can save you and not charge you a dime. They're going to take the their costs, so to speak, out of the savings in the future. And Dan, you were talking about how you tie that into ROI. And I think that's huge because, you know, looking at a company and saying, how do I automate? How do I go through this process? What does it look like? It can be a scary thing. But now you're coming in and saying, listen, this is real dollar bottom line of what you're going to see. Uh, and I think that's a huge point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so What's great about it is because we're able to calculate all that stuff out up front, there's very little to be hesitant about, one. And two, after the systems are put in place, we actually have the business intelligence to be able to see that and monitor it and know what's going on with the company. Not not we, but us and the business owner to see what the results really are. And what's cool about it is, is that 
if you're running all of your processes manually, and whenever I say manually, that doesn't mean on paper, because like a lot of times people always think manual means paper. It means whenever you're moving data around or you're telling somebody to do something or your or your your system of accountability is based on a hundred percent based on talking to each other, those are all manual things. And so what I'm talking about is is that once we get all of that stuff built into a system and a deliberate workflow that's put into place as part of this whole automation process, what comes out of that is tons and tons of, you know, great data that allows you know, real-time view of what's going on. I mean, you can boil things down to, you know, the efficiency of a particular person in the organization based on the processes they're doing because you can track the average of that entire department or that entire group based on whatever it is that they're doing or how it's working. And then now you know what the average is and you can compare each person to the average. So all of a sudden, in real time, you can see how everyone's doing. And you can start to spot problems before they originate. You know, so like if somebody who's typically a, you know, first quartile type operator and they're doing whatever it is they're doing, let's say it's a salesperson or something, and all of a sudden, you know, in your real-time view, you can start to see them dropping, you know, over the days or weeks or however close you want to look at it, you know, there's something up with that person. You might want to go investigate and figure out what's going on. Or, you know, same thing if you're, you know, try, if you're in a manufacturing environment and all of a sudden, you know, the output on a particular machine or something is running slower, you know, it might be running slower in a way that's financially recognizable and that maybe you would notice it after your quarterly report comes out. Like, hey, why is that, you know, why is production down? But in this case, you're going to see it happening right now. You don't have to wait for those financial reports because you're getting the real-time activity 100%, you know, all, all the time. So it allows you to kind of, it allows you to kind of change course during the course. I, you know, Dan, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, we're in a situation, boutique firm and a financial side. This is how I look at it. And I think it's the same way, folks, to kind of tie the dots here for you, because I think it makes sense. You know, I always ask clients, would you rather be on the Titanic when the iceberg's coming or in a speedboat? And, you know, one of the benefits of us being boutique is we have the ability to be in the speedboat, right? Because we can turn, shift, move quickly. So like when all this market interruption has been happening, you know, our clients have been very happy and successful in the process because we can turn quickly. We're not a huge corporation, a huge, huge institutional where they're tied to these requirements. And I think what you're saying is, you know, with these companies that are out there, they're utilizing your service, they can kind of make a turn on the dime, which allows them to increase efficiency right now instead of having a month or two or three months of lag go on and then they find out what happened, right? Exactly. Exactly. Historical data really doesn't do you any good. It's already passed. You want to be able to look forward. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So tell us a little bit. I want to jump into another success story. I know you said you had one there you wanted to kind of share that was really neat. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, what's going on. Okay, so we have one that we're – this is one that we're, we're, we're in process with right now, and I'm really excited about it. So it's a professional services company that came to us. They're doing about $12 million in revenue, and they have a very specific – sales process that they do and that's how they've grown they've grown quite quickly over the you know last bunch of years that they've that they've been implemented this this sales process really what they called us about was their back office sort of stuff like we need better on the production side the work that we're actually doing in the office we need better tracking and we need to see workflow of how things move around blah 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 that's why they actually called us and we're helping them with that too as part of this whole thing but going back to kind of like why it's important for us to talk to all the departments, even if that's not the one you were necessarily thinking was where you wanted to be, and why it's important to integrate everything together. We started talking with the sales department, and we're looking at their process. And actually, I happen to be at at this 
first meeting, and I was there with one of my main tech advisors. And we're standing there, and they're explaining what, how they do this and how they generate sales. And, and, and for doing it manually, they were very data-driven. So even though they were doing it manually, they really knew their numbers, and they really knew you know, what activities they had to do to create these results. And it was very predictive, and you know, they, they, I have to give them credit. They had all those pieces perfect. And they're explaining it to us, and I look at my tech guy, and he looks at me, and we're like, we could probably build an automated system that does all that stuff. So like 90% of the activities that they were doing manually and that's been phenomenally driving their business, we were able, and we actually have it pretty much complete at this point, an automated version of that. So their manual system that was successful happened to be automatable as well. And so we built that, and now we have total, for one, business intelligence. We can see all of those metrics that they had created before and were calculating manually in a historical fashion. We're now seeing in real time, A, B, we also are not limited by how many people we have to actually scale the business. We have a dial now that we can turn. Do you want more sales? Do you want less sales? You know. So we actually got to the point when we first turned it on that after the first couple of weeks that we had this portion running, we actually dialed it back because we didn't want to overwhelm production. Like we knew that yeah. that was going to happen. So we dialed it back. And then, of course, everything slowed down again. So it's a click of a button to be able to control revenue in this way because of this particular you know process that they had. And so that's a big win for us because not only are we able to you know help them on the production and the operational side of things which is what they you know really had identified as the issue and they and that was true we had you know there's a lot of work there and a lot of value we can bring there but we also discovered this other place which nobody had was even seeing that we can really drive revenue as well and again because they themselves had already discovered and been use, utilizing a very efficient manual process. So don't underestimate the value of creating good manual processes because at the end of the day, a good manual process is an even better automated process. So it's really the idea of you guys coming in and looking at it all. Is there much reason you find when you go with a, into a company and they have a, you know, a couple moving players, key players, if you will, is typically everybody on board or it's probably case by case, I know, but I mean, you sometimes have to kind of get some people, hey, you know, a little harder there to get everybody on, on the same page. Yeah, it is a little bit harder, you know, and the other thing that, you know, and what we've realized too is, is that it depends on the kind of the psychology of the owners and managers, because sometimes, especially with older owners and managers that have been in the business for 30 years, a lot of times people quantify the value of their business based on how many people they have sitting in an office. So if you approach a person like that with the idea that, hey, look, you're a 50-person company and I can make you a 30-person company, they look at that as a negative, you know, because they value their business and how many people they have sitting around. And, I, I, and you know, of course, I have, you know, I'm not an advocate for, you know, ditching people just to ditch them. If you can redeploy them and make them productive and then grow your business with them, you know, that's what you yeah. want to do. But at the end right. of the day, that's, that's a lot of times, you know, so usually there's somebody in the group that you have to kind of overcome some of those types of objections and things like that that you have to work at. And, you know, the larger the company, the harder it is to kind of get the vision solidified. And, you know, that's why it takes me a lot of times. And, I, you know, the guys that work for me too are, are strong leaders in what we do. And we can set the vision and set the course and, and try to get every, you know, we have to lead the leaders basically down this path. Help them see where they need to be going. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, uh, it's we're kind of running close to time for the, the show today. And uh, boy, I, I really appreciated you sharing some thoughts. And, you know, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you. 
Yeah, and, and folks, you know, obviously Dan Abate, if you have any questions for him, Roboticon Corp is, is the company, and you can go to Roboticon.com. That's R-O-B-O-T-A-T-O-N.com. And uh, check him out. Check his information out. If you have any questions for him, just kind of click there, and uh, I'm sure they'll take you through an automated process to see if it makes sense for you to connect. But <laughs> anyways, until next week, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. And, uh, again, feel free to visit iTunes. The show will be on iTunes. Just look for The Wealth and Health Show or go to leanonthewall.com, and you'll be able to learn more about us in the show as well. And until next week, here's to living well in any economy. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Information provided during the Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351.